Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I get to chat with Sierra Solicito. Sierra has been working at Philmont for the past several summers, and she will be the camp director at Head of Dean this summer, 2022. Her staff experience includes in 2017, she was a PC at Crooked Creek. 2018, she was hired to be a PC at Dan Beard and stayed on to work timber stand improvement. 2019, she was the Poneal Shooting Sports Manager. In 2020, she was hired to be a PC at Miranda. The season was canceled due to the pandemic. In 2021, she worked on the Winter Forestry Equipment Crew. And in the summer of 2021, she was the first ever female camp director at Clear Creek. In this episode, Sierra and I discuss aspects of the Philmont staff subculture, including the Scout Oath and Law, and of course, Chacos and Socks, Folk Music and Flannels, and Philmont Tattoos. She praises Philmont for a profoundly professional and successful evacuation of seasonal staff from base to Springer during the 2018 Ute Park fire. During that time, she got to be a part of and witness, quote, the coolest interdepartmental relationships bloom out of an otherwise wild and scary situation. As the first ever female camp director of Clear Creek in 2021, Sierra shares her passion for always growing and analyzing her own leadership style based on the ever-changing circumstances of backcountry living. We also discuss her involvement in venturing and her passion for educating people how to safely enjoy firearm sports. This episode reminds one to always be sharpening your most important tool, your brain, and to celebrate the limitless opportunities that being a Philmont staff member offers throughout one's life. Okay, I am here tonight with Sierra Salicito, and you are coming from DFW area, Texas. How are you doing tonight, Sierra? I am doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, You have been out at Philmont for the past several summers from 2017 up to this upcoming summer 2022. So it's exciting to have someone on the show who has been there recently and can uh, fill listeners in with what's going on at the ranch these days. So yeah, for sure. Also, this is a fun side note. I I love your first name. It's my middle name and it's spelled just like you spell it. So good work. Is it really? Yeah. That's (laughs) really cool. I didn't know that. So my mom actually is the third name she ended up with because the first two names that she had, they got too similar to people that like named their kids at the same time. And she was like, no, we can't do that. And so she ended up, um, was in the office, like doctor's office waiting room and saw a picture of the Sierra Nevadas and was like, ah, Sierra, that's so pretty. And so, but it has to be different. So she named me after the Sierra Nevadas. And then, so I was literally named after the mountains, which is kind of really cool now that I'm like obsessed with them. My dad picked my middle name and it was after the same mountains. Uh, I don't know why he picked a C instead of the S. Yeah. So that's really cool. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Kindred spirits. I love it. So, Sierra, do you want to take us way back to uh, your first introduction to Philmont? Basically, um, I joined a venture crew when I was, you know, like 16, and I started going through NYLT and doing summer camp, summer camp staff. And then I got introduced to going to the high adventure bases. So, I actually attended Sea Base first, 
um, in what December of 2013. And I passed up an opportunity to go to Northern Tier in summer of 2014 because money just didn't make sense there at the time with them being so close. Got another opportunity to go to Northern Tier. And so I got Seabase, I got Northern Tier, I got to go to Philmont and my crew was planning on going. And then I actually got offered to do an SPL position. So senior patrol leader position for my local council's national youth leadership training. Nice. At the same time as my Philmont trek. And I was like, oh, ah. Yeah. And so I actually dropped out of going to Philmont, you know, risking the timing and everything. And maybe, you know, do I get my triple crown as a youth? I ended up doing the SPL course. And then I ended up getting a Philmont trek the next summer with a different crew, which was the same crew I went to Northern Tier with. And so I went in June of 2016. We were a 612 Delta. So you know, we were like day four of crews being at Philmont, which at the time I didn't know. I was 20 years old going as a youth. And I was like, when I would get to staffed camps, they'd be like, oh, only adults 18 and up on the porch swings. And I'm like, uh, but I'm 20. So like, <laughs> can I? Different things like that. Like, do can I go to Advisors Coffee? But yeah, it was really cool. I went to Philmont in 2016 and I actually ran into like three or four, maybe five people I knew from my home council huh. that were staffing. I, I ran into them in the backcountry and they're like, oh my gosh, hey, what's up? Like, you need to do this. You know, I finished my trek and I was like, I didn't really have like that super like awe-inspiring, I have to staff right after I got off trek. Like it didn't hit me like that. But it was the fact that my friends had such good experiences and like convinced me to staff. And then, you know, I started staffing in 2017 and I've kind of never left at this point, you know, except for when yeah. I have to. So when did you join your venture crew? Just taking it even farther back. Oh, man, I literally my entire scouting career, I can trace to this one moment um, of my I was it was during the summer and I was hanging out in my front yard, throwing a Frisbee around with one of my friends from choir in high school. And he was like, ah, I'm late for my crew meeting. You want to come with me? And I was like, sure. I didn't even know it was scouts. He was just like, you want to come to this meeting with me? It's fun. And I was like, okay. I go and it was this venture crew. Didn't know venture crews were a thing. And I was like, I was the little sister that tagged along, along all the way through Cub Scouts, through Boy Scouts, you know, following my brothers and being like, I want to do this stuff. And then I found out about crew and I was like, oh my gosh, I can kind of do these things. You know, yeah. obviously a little bit different crew versus Boy Scouts, but went to this crew meeting. And so that was like summer of 2011. And then I just kind of, I've bounced around. I've been in like six or seven different venture crews over the years, just bouncing around, having some multiple at the same time. Um, I'm currently in one crew and one troop just so I can, you know, continue to do my NYLT uh, National Youth Leadership Training staffing as an adult. From that one moment, I joined venturing. And then from there, I went to my NYLT. And just like, I can trace so many different aspects of my life to like specific moments all stemming from that one moment. So it's really, really cool. What's like your biggest takeaway from all of it? You know, even like before you got to Philmont or any of the high adventure bases, what is it that you love about it? And since you continue to do it today? Oh, man, I think the coolest thing is like the best thing and the coolest thing. And like, my biggest takeaway is I've had so many opportunities 
to learn things and experience things that I just don't think I ever would have gotten to do. For example, NYLT, that's where I really got a lot of my foundation for the Scout Oath and the Scout Law. There's really so much that I base my life off of now from those things. And also like the skills that I've learned in the aspects of leadership. Um, It started at NYLT for me, but then Philmont has actually let me apply it. And so like scouting in general for me is just this big culmination of like, I've improved and grown as a person, whether I've known it or not. And I think that's the coolest thing is because like, if you take the opportunities you have, they can really change your life, you know, if you allow them to. So. Yeah. Nice. Badass. I like it. I'm sure we could like do a whole podcast on just that section of your life. It sounds <laughs> sounds like it's been very impactful, but we, we can hop into your uh, seasonal career at Philmont. Like you said, you trekked in 2016 and then you somewhat apprehensively did apply in 2017 to be on staff. You were a PC yeah. at, Cro- at Crooked Creek. So what yeah. was it like? In all honesty of um, what my seasons have been through the years, there's been some like most of the seasons have had either a certain moment or a certain like interaction throughout the season that definitely like in unfortunate ways tainted the season. So it's like it kind of always left on a like, man, it's not that it was bad, but like it could have been so much better. Um, and so like 2017, there was certain things that happened um, that I had interactions with that I was like. If this happened to anybody else, it might have been, like kept them away from ever coming back to Philmont. But I'm I kind of am one of those people where I'm like, I'm gonna give it another chance. And I and I kept doing that because I didn't want to leave on like not having an amazing season. That being said, I still did have an incredible season. There was a lot of things that, you know, learning curves for me being a first time staffer in general and then going to Crooked Creek. Like my friends were like, oh, you got hired. Where are you hired at? I'm like Crooked Creek. And they're like, what? Where? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know the situation at camp, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah I they, people have told me about it. Like, I know there's no road and like no water. Right. I mean, like, I don't I don't I had no comparison, you know, to go off of. And I met incredible people. There was actually a really cool situation. One of my coworkers from that summer, she and I were going to the same college and lived 20 minutes from each other. So we actually met up before the summer hit and like got to know each other. And then we've been, nice. we, we were really good friends after that. Um, we haven't gotten to see each other nearly as much recently, but it was, it was definitely an interesting season for 2017, but I am glad that I didn't let those, those negative things that occurred outweigh the positive things because those positive things kept me coming back. Um, And now I'm here about to go into technically, I think my sixth season. I remember thinking my first and second season, like, wow, yeah, like I'm a first year, I'm a second year. And these people have like four seasons on their belt. And here I am like, I'm that person, six seasons. Like it's, it's wild to me. Like I was talking to my friend um, Jinkers the other day. He's another guy who, uh, He's been staffing just as long, if not, well, one season longer than me, technically. We were talking and he was like, it's weird. We're we're the people with the most seasons right now. Like we are in the shoes of the people we used to look up to. Yeah. And- it's like when you're a freshman going into high school and you look at the, <laughs> look at the seniors, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
I don't know if they still do like the big all staff training. I think because of the pandemic, I know they didn't do it the last couple of years, but at the big all staff trainings, when everyone was on the Villa lawn, at one point when I was there, they would have people stand up and mm-hmm. they, yeah, we yeah. would still do that. Yeah. Like for how many seasons you had worked there, you know, and there's always like, you know, Nate Lay is, is just like never sits down or like there's right. certain people oh, who, um, gosh, Jean, yes. And it's just awesome. I loved that part of all staff training, just mm-hmm. kind of seeing everybody stand and slowly sit down and uh, just those, those legends still standing. Yeah. You returned in 2018 and had yeah, another, summer. yeah, your next summer had another, you know, with the Ute Park fire, that was not your typical summer. You were a PC at Dan Beard. And then of, of course, because of the fire, you were on um, the timber stand improvement, improvement. crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. TSI. Do you want to share about your experience with that? It was wild, um, obviously. So, you know, we all arrived May 27th for program counselors. We are just doing our thing. We started training the very next day and I was training for COPE. So we were going down the Lover's Leap Road to um, the Philmont Training Center COPE course, which was, you know, tucked under Tooth Ridge. And so we are, you know, it's May 31st. We go out for training. We're nothing, think nothing of it. And then... We're walking up the hill at the end of our day around like three or four. And my friend, my coworker, Jasmine, got a phone call from one of her friends who, because she was in a like venturing position at a um, like region level. And one of her counterparts called her and was like, hey, are you guys okay? And we were like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Phil wants on fire. And we were like, what? And she was like, you're kidding. Like, you're joking with me, right? And then we like came up the hill as this was happening and we just saw this plume of smoke above Tooth Ridge. So literally behind the tooth. And we were just like, oh God. And then we heard that they were evacuating because all of all of conservation staff was at Poneal because they had just been there, you know, for all staff, for our all cons. And the rangers had just been dropped into the backcountry that day. So the good thing was everyone was from relatively accessible points, but we were like, we're going to have to start walking because there's no buses coming for us, obviously. So we started like walking down the road um, just towards base camp and we're like, we'll see what happens. And, you know, that day, that afternoon, that night, it was just all speculations. Everybody of any department was standing around looking. Um, so when you're standing like at the front of the the sack, the silver staff, silver, gosh, Silver Sage so, Staff Activity Center. Yeah, you got it. We don't say it. That's why we just call it the sack. Yeah. Um, when you're standing at the front, when you look off to your right side, you have that antelope bridge, I believe. And you just saw the plume of smoke growing even larger behind it. And then as it was getting darker, you could just see the glow above it. And there were certain areas you could see fire from and things like that. And we're all freaking out, but also trying to stay calm. And it was just this wild thing and I remember there were there were some other staff members that were like making like this hit list of oh oh I think this camp's gone this camp's gone this camp's gone and so yeah it was very interesting that night we you know kind of like got some direction and the next morning we all got in this we all like met up behind the backcountry warehouse and we're told like get a 48 hour bag ready base camp is fine but we're worried about air quality. So we all like went back to our tents, had like an hour to get like a 48 hour bag ready. And then we ended up uh, by lunchtime and they were like, all right, we're loading up. Everybody's leaving. We're going to Springer. If you came in your own car, you can only drive the people who came with you. 
if you don't have a ride, you're taking a bus. And when they had the first people leave to the last people arriving to Springer, it only took like an hour and a half to get 1,200 people to Springer. By the time I showed up, there was already like 600 tents set up from the Rangers because they got them out there first. There was this whole big like it was it looked like a migration camp. Yeah, it was wild. And we were there for three days eating trail meals, doing training. But I think it was the coolest experience I've ever had with training because normally you all go your separate ways. You know, interps go interp day and climbing goes to climbing and, you know, other departments go wherever they're going. And the coolest interdepartmental relations happened that summer that I don't think will ever happen the same way. Because like I was doing cope training next to people learning about the furs, next to people learning how to tie knots for climbing off the bleachers. And it was just really cool getting to see like all the different things happening. And then we ended up, you know, three days there and we finally got the go to like go back to Philmont. And then if after that, it was like, all right, things are changing. Obviously, you know, summer's not happening as it was supposed to. And we ended up getting instruction of, well, the first half of the summer for sure closed. Like, we're not going to have program. PTC will still happen, but we're going to switch gears. And they created the Philmont Recovery Corps. So as COPE, we were doing COPE for PTC, for, you know, families with their kids. So a little out of our, like, expected scope. It was interesting. It was good, but it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, As for TSI... I thought that was super cool. I had a really good time, um, but that's also partially because I, I, my group, uh, my division, we got paired up with the forestry crew of the conservation staff. So the only five people in Philmont all of that whole summer that got the job they signed up for, mm-hmm. cutting down trees. And it was really cool. I had such a good time. And beside like a minor injury I had with my wrist that kept me from staying the whole summer, like I would have stayed. I was having a good time, like getting to see and do like another side of things and like getting to work very directly with conservation and rangers. And then of course, you know, July 5th rolled around. We had that all staff meeting that Kevin Dowling had. um, And when he made the big announcement of summer is closed. You have three days to decide if you're going to stay or if you are going to go home. They're actually like in that moment, once the announcement was made, it was really cool. Um, I don't know. You might have seen some photos of it or in the videos because it's been used. But there was a photo taken of me in my camp and we were in this little huddle. We kind of all just came together in this circle and huddled up and we're like, well, we're going to take this in stride. We're going to do what we can. But like it did bring a lot of a lot of issues up though. Cause you know, a wildfire is something very stressful and is going to bring the worst out in people. And so that was like a big summer that I learned a lot of things about myself that like I'd never had to learn before because yeah. I've never been in that sort of a stressful situation. And like as much, you know, quote unquote bad that came out of it. I think there's still a lot of really good things that came out of it, whether like on an individual level or like, as a Philmont level, because for like the forestry department was so small at the time. And now the forestry department has grown so much because of the efforts to now do fire reduction or like the fuel reduction, whatever the intent, like whatever you take away from it kind of, as I've said before, is like, if you allow things to impact you in a good way, like they will, if you take the best things and, you know, learn from the hard things and, 
and enjoy the good things. Like that's really like how you can have the best takeaway when it comes to, you know, the circumstances. And that's kind of how I look at that summer. It was very, very difficult, but like going forward, it's making a lot of positive changes for the ranch. And hopefully a lot of people learn something, you know, for themselves from that summer. You know, it might not happen like in the moment, but you're able to, um, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and see how we all came together that year. And so many oh, people yeah. really, really did do that. Cause there's a lot of things that I have learned over the years, um, in how to be a good leader or supervisor. I guess that's the kind of route I'm taking here. Um, you know, going into the summer of 2021 as the camp director of Clear Creek, it was kind of always a goal of mine that I didn't know if it would actually happen to be leadership in a backcountry camp. Miranda was a um, considerable option for me, but it was still of that time period where like it still hadn't actually happened that women were there because of course, 18, there was, was supposed to be the first summer of women at Miranda and the logging camps crater in Poblano. Um, but then it didn't happen. And so 19, I wanted to get ACD of Miranda. Didn't quite work out. I got Poneal there was a lot of hard lessons that I had to learn um, and that like me and my coworkers had to deal with um, from the participant side, from the, you know, coworker side, um, just from every aspect, really, from every angle. And there were things that I learned in 2019 that it's like, OK, if I want to be a good leader and supervisor to where people like, cause like, yes, the goal is to be respected, but like to be understood in why I make the decisions I'm making and like to be trusted, then I need to be really like clear and like transparent in why I'm doing things and, and such. Um, and so I look back from the summer of 2021 into the summers of 17 and 19 and even 18. And I'm like, that thing did not like the way that happened. Mark it in my head. I don't want to do it that way. You know, this thing that went poorly, maybe don't consider doing it that way. That aspect of leadership worked really well for this person. Keep that in my pocket. Um, and then along with, you know, I, I went to school to be a teacher and I've been teaching through um, my council's NYLT um, and of course, Philmont and summer camps. I've been teaching since I was 16. So it kind of all just started compiling on itself. And it was like, okay. 2021, this is my chance to set the tone for the camp and to basically um, create the environment that I'd never got in, in its whole. But when I was in camp director training this past summer, you know, I was learning things. I was getting taught, you know, this is what you should do, shouldn't do. This is what you, you should be aware of. And applying those skills plus what I was internally learning over the years, I was just like, this is how I want to lead my camp so that I not only have a good season, but I can give my program counselors a good season so that they don't have the same experiences that I had in the past when it came to those negative things that happened. And, you know, I can't speak for every experience that happened in every single moment of the summer, but I do like to think that we had a very successful summer with like, I had an amazing staff this summer. I literally could not have asked for a better group of people to be working with and to um, have as my counterparts because 
there was a lot of things that they brought to the table that I could not when it came to interps and, and historical things. And so it was really, really cool to, to have my own skills to bring in, but also to be able to reflect on my, my, my own, you know, strength and weaknesses and be like, Hey, we, we are in this together. And if I don't recognize that it's not going to go well, you know, to culminate all of those words that I just said, um, <laughs> Biggest takeaway is like for me has been the ability to learn from the experiences you've had and have that reflection on them and then applying them to go forward. Like Philmont has given me that opportunity and I don't think that I would be the person that I am or where I'm at if I didn't have scouting in my life. Like genuinely, 100%. Don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing scouts. Philmont has been known as a, a leadership laboratory for for a long time. Were there specific leaders that you looked up to? And in maybe like a couple words, what would you say your leadership style is? Biggest person that I would say is the person I've looked up to was my camp director from 2018. Um, the summer that wasn't, um, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, his, it was Michael Stinnett. He is a one of the, you know, Philmont families, his, his last name is a uh, well-known across Philmont. Um, but he is a, a very genuine person who really wants the best for people. And when it came to that summer, especially, it was such a hard season to, um, to be dealing with, to not only be supporting, you know, yourself, but then to try and be supporting your staff and like, hold face of like, I am the leader, I am strong. And like, I am being strong for you. When you know, behind the scenes, we don't know if that's the case. He very much was a a very strong support and like, beginning guide for me when it came to growing into the leadership. 2019, he was actually the camp director at Clear Creek. I could then ask for his help because I was about to be the camp director at Clear Creek. So I could very one-to-one get advice from him. And like, he just constantly has been this source of like, yeah, no, you are capable. This is what I see in you. This is what I believe you are capable of. This is where I think you could grow. And this is what I want to do to help you. I kind of have the leadership style that I, that I'm trying to have, um, you know, cause it always ebbs and flows and everything. Right, I am terrible at delegating. That is, that is a thing that I have learned. Um, I am, I am a details person through and through, and that can be to my success or to my detriment at times, depending on what capacity I look at, look through that lens. And generally like there are times in my leadership where it's like, Hey, this is, this is just what needs to get done. And like, I will explain to you why, but it needs to get done. But then there's been a lot of times where my goal really is like the I want your guys' input because I don't always know what's best. And I acknowledge that. I want it to be a group a group effort just with me, you know, being there as the support. Did you have any backlash being the first female CD at Clear Creek? No, I I had almost no issues with it very happily. Really, when it came down to most of the interactions that I had this summer, um, it was almost all positive. Like, I really can't pinpoint a specific interaction where it was like, oh, there's there's women here. Like, what? It's like, finally, like a lot of a lot of people were like, finally, like, I'm glad, like, I'm so happy for you. Like, that's really cool that you get to be the first female um, camp director there. 
technically we can't claim it was the first co-ed staff because apparently there there was a woman um, who worked uh, at Clear Creek for a partial season. Um, her husband was the camp director in yeah. Yeah. Um, can't remember her name right now. Um, but she, uh, yeah, I know I have my little book. Some, like, I like in my have, it you have it right here. Yeah, Let I me have see. That too. It's like the middle, middle of it. There she is. Okay. It was John and Betsy Roof at Clear Creek in 1973. Yes. And, and the reason I actually found out about that, not only because the high country had it, but actually Mark Stinnett, Michael's Stinnett's dad gave me a copy of that. But then one of the gentlemen who worked there that summer he was working in the mailroom this summer. Um, and so he had actually commented on my Facebook post in the in the staff page saying, well, actually, there was a female who worked there because I said, oh, I'm excited for the first co-ed staff. And so technically, we're not the first co-ed staff, but we are the first full co-ed season and the first female camp director. Um, but it's just been really it's been to what we experienced almost all positive things so i follow you on instagram and Mm -hmm. uh, you have some lovely tattoos that seem very uh philmont specific my first tattoo i got in 2019 and it is a sketch style drawing. Um, and I, I designed the structure of it after that first season coming home. So like September of 2017, one month after Philmont. Oh my God. I'm like, I want to go back. You get that like <laughs> post Philmont depression as a first time yeah. staffer. And you're like, what is my life? And I came <laughs> up with, I just had like this little, I had a sketchbook and I was like, I want to draw out these designs. Like just kind of, because why not? And they were all kind of based in like a compass and I wanted to have like a ridge line with like the Zia setting behind it and an arrowhead because, you know, like directly Philmont without actually saying Philmont, you know, without the brand, without the words, but you know, it's Philmont. Like if you know, you know. So now I have the tooth of time on my leg Um, (laughs) and that one. Oh, I love it. I, I randomly in like a small council camp in East Texas, I was working at in 2020 with the cancellation. I had somebody walk up from behind me. That the tooth of time? Yes, it is. I was <laughs> I was a celebrity at this camp because I was a Philmont staff member and a girl who was in the gun program. And it was wild. I want to put a symbol for each season that I've worked at Philmont. And so the first season, Crooked Creek, I want to do a candle, like a simple candle and a candle stand. 2018, something to do with a wildfire. Um, <laughs> of 2019, course. I want to do like a pistol so that I can have, you know, representing the gun program um, at Ponyo. Right. 2021 winter, because I did the winter conservation for forestry. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do just a very simple tree. And then for Clear Creek, I want to do a cute little beaver because um, it was the <laughs> beaver trapping. And then head of Dean, you know. Assuming all goes as planned this summer, I have to figure out a design symbol for that. I'm thinking maybe something with the sunset because, you know, sunset hike. And you know what's funny is I never, ever expected or thought I would have tattoos. It just, Philmont did it is what I I think. (laughs) Philmont has changed a lot about my personality, but in a good way. I never listened to like folk music, anything like that. And now it is like an inherent part of my personality, you know, <laughs> socks and chacos and flannels oh, yeah. and 
listening to the Avett Brothers and like anything with a banjo or with like a fiddle or, you know, folksy, bluegrassy, whatever, like mountain music. (laughs) I know. I know so many people who have if they have any tattoo, it's just like the one Philmont tattoo, which, you know, there's the Zia and other things. But I think a lot of people uh, get a tattoo after experiencing Philmont because it is so impactful and uh, mm-hmm. it it uh, drives you to, to do that. Um, so speaking about uh, this upcoming summer, 2022, you will be the camp director ahead of Dean. What are you excited for? I think it'll be really cool to have like first fact of the matter, having a assistant camp director. Um, that is something that will be a new experience for me. And I think it'll be a really cool opportunity to kind of not only stretch myself more, but then, you know, have more people to help in stretching, like in their leadership, as well as just the program counselors, um, in general. I'm really excited to be at a camp that's easy to get to. (laughs) I mean, I say that as I worked at Ponyal in 19, so I can't complain too much. Currently planning this to be my last season, but who knows? You never know. One more summer, right? Yep. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited for the program because, you know, it's COPE. All I've done so far um, that have actually happened is interps. And while I loved it, I think I've gotten my fill and I'm going to let other people take on those roles. And I want my greens camp where I get to just hang out and, you know, play games and chill with people. And I get to run the COPE program, which is kind of a perfect culmination of like teaching skills and like helping people improve. Mm-hmm. And so I think that'll be really cool because it's kind of this weird like pseudo like um, it's almost, I guess, meta in the sense of like I am helping teach people who are helping teach people who are like helping teach people <laughs> um, <laughs> and like teaching people to just help themselves improve or be better, like interacting with other people. And I think that's really cool. Cause you know, I trained for it in 2018 and then just never got to use those skills. So like, it's kind of like a little, you know, coming full circle there. I'm really looking forward to the sunset hike because it's still something I have not been able to do yet. That is my one regret from my trek in 2016. So I'm finally going to get to do it and I'm going to have to do it a lot though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. There you go. Yeah. But that is those are definitely some of the things that I'm looking forward to. I do want to discuss your uh, second season 2021. You did Winter Forestry Crew. Yeah. So when it came to winter, um I actually decided to go on to winter forestry staff because I'd quit my full-time job and I was like, "Haha, COVID. I can't get a job right now." So I went to Philmont. And I was like, I can do forestry because I did it in 2018 with TSI. It'll just be with a chainsaw this time, which will be better. Running a chainsaw is really fun. Um, It's very intimidating when you uh, are brand new to it. Um, Cutting down trees, it's fun, but it's a little scary at first. You You get used to it. You get, there's still times where like, I didn't cut nearly as much as I wanted to because I was having like some like in like injuries with my wrists and things that kept me from doing it. Um, But I actually volunteered to join the forestry equipment crew, which is kind of the reason I want to talk about it Yeah, because it was so cool. I got to drive the skidder, um, which is like the giant, you know, piece of machinery that you can like drag logs across. It's got the claw on the back that you can lift logs up. Um, and we had the winch to where we could like attach logs and drag them behind us out of the woods. That one jammed a lot. So we didn't get to use it super frequently. It was like a big game for me. Cause like we had to start using the claw more. So I'd have to like back in between all these trees that we couldn't hit or knock down or like, cause they were marked trees. So protect them. 
So I had to like back in like it was a crane game and then drop the claw to pick up a log and then drag it. It was so much fun. And you got to use like this headset to communicate with your person outside because, you know, you have a limited view. Yeah. My other favorite thing was draw, uh, was using the sawmill because it was just this big puzzle and I'm a math person. So I was like, ah, measurements, like let's get these all right. And you're trying to cut certain sizes of boards or beams out of these trees that have warps and bends and knots and all these brand- like things. And it was just this big puzzle and it was really fun. So getting to drive the machinery was a really, really cool thing that like we got to do. And then when Philbrick came around, I got to work with participants again, which was really cool. And that kind of glued my mind to the thought, okay, yeah, you're a backcountry person. Like as much as cons was fun, it's going to break me realistically. I'm a break. Um, but also like the interaction, like it proved to me like, yes, you are a people person and you are like a backcountry through and through, which is really cool. But I also liked that I could do conservation because it then kept like this continuity. I kind of was a bridge between conservation and backcountry when it came to the backcountry this summer for Clear Creek, which was really cool because like I had an understanding that helped departmental relations. And that was a really cool thing. Yeah, it's really cool. Like conservation is really hard work and not it's not for everybody. But like, if you can try it, it's definitely worth trying. Like, cause it's like, now I can say like, I've cut down trees. I know how to run a chainsaw. I've driven heavy machine- machinery. And I never would have done something like that ever outside of Philmont, I'm sure. Same thing with guns. Yeah. So let's dive into that for for a little bit. So you were, like you said, Ponyal shooting sports manager. Obviously, you were the CD at Clear Creek. um, And you'd mentioned before working in scouting with firearms. So yeah, what's your background there? And what, what is it that you enjoy about firearms? Yeah. So I shot a gun for the first time in scouts in like 2012. And I was like, ah, this is cool. This is fun. But like never thought much about it past it. I visited Harlan multiple times in 17 and it got me like onto the idea of guns. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I got placed at Poneal, which was very hard when it came to gun training because we had to get trained for three different types of guns and an RSO, which meant that we had to take nine different tests for gun training. It was about 90 hours of gun training in like 10 days. So I I got from that one season trained as a pistol, rifle, and shotgun instructor and a range safety officer, which is more than what most people could claim as a gun instructor in general. And then I wanted to work at Miranda or, you know, Clear Creek. And I was like, I'm going to get my muzzleloader training outside of Philmont in case with my full-time job, I can't get the training at Philmont. I don't want that to affect my summer So I actually have those first three, and then I have muzzleloading pistol, shotgun, and rifle because I did it outside of Philmont. And so I, someone can fact check me on this, but I think I'm one of the most gun trained people at Philmont. I'm sure I'm not like the highest. I'm sure there's someone in full-time staff that might have more than me. But as for seasonal, I think I'm the most trained person Um, because like randomly, like you, like if on my autumn trek, like I helped run the guns for my trek because I was trained in it. The coolest thing I think about the gun program at Philmont is you get to experience guns that you never will get to experience in scouting because they're much bigger or, you know, harder to access, things like that. Or maybe you get to experience it outside of Philmont, but harder to get to. But for some people, this is the only chance they'll ever interact with in a gun in their life. 
And it's a really cool opportunity to educate them and be like, hey, this is something that can be used for fun if you're using it safely. And yes, it can be a scary thing, but you are totally, if me, a small female that is like 5'2", can shoot a really big gun, like you can do it too. And, you know, it's a really cool thing to be able to like help people, you know, learn it or improve it. Um, and just kind of have that introduction there when it comes to like guns in general for the interp camps, it's really cool. Cause like you can bring like history or cool facts about these guns and different things. Like Poneal is the cowboy action shooting. So we have them all come up with a cowboy action name, um, and different things like that. And it was, it was just such a cool thing. And, and now out, even outside of Philmont, like I, my shooting skills have in, increased greatly. And like, when I go to the gun range, like people are like, I've been asked to do training for people before. And like randomly with scout camp things, like people are like, Hey, you can, you can do this, you know, help me with this when it comes to guns. And that's just another cool thing. Like you can get brand new experiences that you never would have touched. And then like, it becomes a part of your personality, uh, yeah. like has been mentioned before. And it's just like, yeah. why? And you, sh- and then you share it with others and it's this huge yes. positive feedback loop. I'm glad it's also something that you seem to enjoy and, and have a talent at. So keep on keeping on. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, as we wrap up, is there someone else that you can think of maybe one or two people that you'd like to nominate to share their stories on, on the podcast? So, I don't know if if Michael Stanett is interested, but that's one of my thoughts. Okay. Um, I don't know if this other person's name has been brought up before, but Jeb Redwine, he's a really cool dude. Okay. Um, he uh, he's a I met him in conservation uh, doing TSI in eighteen, and he came back. He went away for a while, came back, and he's also got a really cool business now that he started with woodworking. Oh um, he, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably seen his like little giveaways on Instagram and stuff yes. popping up here and there. Um, yep. but yeah, so Jeb Redwine, he's a conservation staff and I think he's a super cool dude. He's got a lot okay. of cool, cool information and stories. So great. I got him down. Thank you. I like to ask my interviewees at the very end, just kind of a fun question. So what is your 11th essential? So this could be something practical that you always carry with you when you hike or something uh, sentimental or nostalgic that you have with you physically, or maybe that's in your mind when you're out in the mountains. And I have 11 and 12. Sure. (laughs) Um, 11th essential is my journal and fountain pen roll. So 2017 Crooked Creek got me into fountain pens. It was on the props list and I was like, let me entertain this. And now I um, am one of the the few people at Philmont who uses like fountain pens, dip pens, wax seals for my um, eye camps and stuff. So I, I have a handmade journal that I carry around, um, leather bound, um, and my fountain pens. So that's my 11th. My 12th is my Polaroid camera that I sometimes forget to take pictures with. Um, but I try to get one at least of like whenever I go to a place. And then so like I can just kind of build like a little, little like, physical photo album of my um off days kind of a thing or like random events at camp so yeah I like those I like those a lot I'm a big journaler um so I I and at Crooked Creek I worked there I was a PC in 2008 um and for whatever reason that year we didn't have 
high crew loads all the time. I don't know if Crooked's still that way, but I did a lot of journaling at Crooked. There was a lot of time to journal and reflect. And um, so I think that's really special that that's, you did say that year, right? Was that the year you started? Yeah. Props list. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's cool that, that that summer that you that you saw the props list and you were like, let's do this. I love that. Um, and that it became part of your personality, part of your experience at Philmont. So, and yes. of course the photography, that's awesome. Yes. Go yeah, you just said you worked crooked in 2008. Yeah. Was that the summer that the little fort across the way was built? No, there's a fort no. across the way. It's, it's a quote unquote fort. It's not really a fort. I got a letter in 2017. It was from our Philamigo. Okay. And it was someone who worked in like seven or eight or something, something like a while back from, you know, 2017. And they were like, hey, by the way, you guys need to find this. There's this like little fort that we started to build across, like directly across the meadow from the cabin. And we got it in this letter. And so we were like, well, let's go find it. And we did find it. It, it was just like this kind of like some branches lashed together, you know, over the yeah. years and stuff like that. But I was like, what if that was you? That, that would have been, been that would have been cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, not that I can recollect. I wonder, but I, I knew the folks who worked, you know, the years after me yeah. and one year before me. I'm going to look into this. I like this. It'd be like a detectives. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many like little forts and like sweat lodges are out there like that. That makes oh, me happy. So many, I'm sure. <laughs> so many. Um I got one yeah, more question. Go, do you yeah. also like the sound of the chickens? Do I like the sound of the chickens? You, you miss the sound of the chickens. Yeah, like, they're little. That, well, because yeah. like when I read your questions and it was like, you know, what's a thing that you like? And I don't remember the phrasing, but it was like, you know, a favorite memory or whatever. Something yeah. you miss. And it was like the sound of the chickens. Like they're so annoying when you're there. But then as soon as you leave, you're like, I like listening to their little squawks and screeches. And yeah. It's like I miss it. So I was it's curious. Like, Oh there. yeah, it's like this little chatter and so so we had chickens at Crooked and then I worked at Abreu as well and loved Ugh. the chickens there too. Um actually at Crooked in 2008 we had this raven get in and like kill almost all of our baby chicks. So we didn't have many chickens that summer that was pretty yeah. gruesome. We'll, we'll we'll share some chicken stories at the end of this after yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap it up, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for your insights. Uh, we hope that you have a great summer this upcoming summer. So I will be out there for the Philmont Staff Association. Um, they are celebrating 50 years of female rangers and 50 years of Academy Ranger program. Thank you for having me. It's it's uh, definitely been cool. And I, I hope people uh, listen to it and have some good recollections, maybe, or like, you know, I don't know. Hopefully somebody takes something from it uh, and gets a takeaway. So, yeah, Absolutely. thanks for having me.